0: Hi, everybody. Just a note from me, Rhiannon, to say that my new supplements company, hurrah, is finally here. It's taken years to get this off the ground. Retrition Plus is evidence-based, rooted in science, focused on you, and we offer vitamin D sprays, folic acid spray, and a vegan multivitamin. So head over to retritionplus.com for supplements you can finally trust. Hello, thank you so much for tuning into this week's Food for Thought, a podcast that's on a mission to equip you all with the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, a registered nutritionist, Sunday Times best-selling author and founder of the Harley Street Clinic Retrition and evidence-based supplements, Retrition Plus. In each episode of the 12 episodes, I'll be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field. So together, we can learn fact from fiction, empower ourselves to become the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. Whilst becoming pregnant might seem straightforward for some, around one in seven couples have difficulty conceiving. Now, optimising your nutrition while trying to conceive helps ensure the best possible nutritional start to pregnancy, which is a good thing, but there's evidence now that suggests that there's other areas to look at, certain lifestyles and ways of eating, of course, and some of them are more likely to favour positive fertility outcomes. So, in this week's Food for Thought, we have such a treat for you all. I'm so excited to have this conversation. We have got specialist registered dietitian Kamal Deepak Kumar and I. We are delving into all of it the deeper into basics of how to understand nutrition and lifestyle and the role it plays in a successful outcome in pregnancy. Now, Kamal is one of our delightful dietitians in the nutrition Clinic, and I can't wait to get started. Hello, Kamal! Hello, Rhiannon. Thank you for having me over. What a pleasure to finally get to have this conversation with you. I know we work together in the clinic and on some other exciting areas at the moment, but this is really your bread and butter. So let's let's fire away. Now, I think really to start, it would be a good place to discuss when are we really at our most fertile as women?
1: I think the short answer is in the 20s and early 30s. But, uh, we really need to understand that it's not like, you know, people are not fertile at all after that. So, um, if somebody was trying in their 20s and 30s, uh, one out of four couples can get pregnant and around 40, it would be one out of 10. So it's not, uh, not possible. And moreover, it does take two to tango. So uh, there are a lot of factors from the male side and the female side. Um, It is quite interesting because uh, they're truly different physiologies as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's overlooked in mainstream media. I think fingers are straight away. When we discuss fertility, it's women, women, women. And I think people forget that, hey, 50 percent here is the men in our population but they have a different age bracket, don't they, to us?
1: Absolutely. So it's not as clear because women tend to be born with a certain number of eggs and uh, it does decline and it has, I think, been efficiently researched as well. But yes, men are equally... um, Having concerns and there is a different age bracket. So around 40, 45, we do see there is a sharp decline, but it would vary from person to person. Age is uh, just one of the factors and we can't simplify it just by looking at one aspect and not looking at other aspects, which can lead to, um, you know, what can make a person more fertile than the other.
0: Of course, of course, there's a multitude of factors. And just it's so interesting, though, when you say, of course, for men, it declines at 45 and probably for females around 10 years younger than that, isn't it? It's around 35, Mark, I guess. Things Absolutely. Things tend to change. so It's important people are aware of that. But as you said, so many factors dictate perhaps diet quality. And I guess I mean, we'll get into diet quality because that really is your area. But what about the window that people have? Is it all throughout the month? Is it um, just in that tiny week
1: that people are more likely to conceive? What we need to understand here is um, that Truly, you know, men and women are quite different when it comes to uh, how the reproductive system functions. And whether it was from egg production, you only see one egg production in every menstrual cycle. Um, Women are born with around 2 million eggs at at birth. And at puberty, it can reduce to like 400,000. At menopause, only 1,000 are left. So our body has a beautiful mechanism of any unfertilized eggs to die and get absorbed back into the system. Um, Whereas men are not born with the sperm. It's produced every single day. But what we need to understand is the factors that influence egg production happens like it takes around 28 days, and for sperm production around 72 days. So nutrition and other food choices, lifestyle choices that influence that sort of fertility window start much longer before yeah. than what people start presuming as a simplistic six, six days after the period ends. So uh, sorry for the long-winded answer, um, but yeah, uh, the. The egg can stay alive uh, for a day or two waiting to be fertilized. And the sperm can stay in the tract for four to five days. So it is possible to conceive any time during the menstrual cycle, even during the period if they're not using any protection. But uh, of course, the window around ovulation, five to six days after um, you know, the period ends for another six to seven days is the most fatal. I find it so fascinating. Obviously, there
0: are different areas. And one question I have for you is on genetics. But I think it's so important for our listeners to remember that times have changed and society's changed and women are having babies older and older now, you know, age is going up, whereas back in the, I call it the olden days, you know, many years ago, it, it was so young. But society's changed, but we still need to be aware of these factors that we're born with and and what's happening. But it doesn't mean that's the end of the road. There there are possibilities. And do you think genetics do impact here as well? Do you think, you know, someone's mum had their baby at 40, therefore the daughter will have a baby at
1: 40? Does that tend to happen? So there are many modifiable characteristics and non-modifiable characteristics. I think we obsess and and focus more on the non-modifiable, which can cause a tremendous amount of stress amongst couples uh, that I see in clinic. And um, age, genetics, um, our race, do have huge factors on, on what we are today. They do shape us, but there are a lot of modifiable factors. And I think we need to definitely remember that we can help ourselves to get be the best version of what we are uh, by influencing our diet, lifestyle, exercise, stress, the way we work, the way we plan our lives as well. So like you said, women tend to have that sharp decline um, much earlier than men. But maybe that's the conversation that we need to start having with girls early on. I think we've seen a huge uh, women empowerment movement, which is very, very important. But at the same time, we need to realize that we do have women like yourself, like me, we've been mums, we've worked, we've studied, we collaborate. I think we've been each other's strength. Um, so I think we can start having that conversation and that thought process in the back end absolutely I, I think conversations
0: have to get rolling around it because we're all in it in it together it's an, it's one of the biggest hardest juggling acts but also these conversations are difficult they're emotive conversations so and something that we're so lucky to have you in the nutrition clinic discussing a lot of the time is of course how does diet play a role here there are so many dietary aspects kamal i don't even know where to start But <laughs> what, what would you recommend
1: okay um we- Try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, being Going through the reproductive stages of life, pregnancy, um, and childbirth, breastfeeding, all these stages are natural stages in our life cycle. So a healthy, balanced diet should adequately cover us. But that's a very simplistic answer. I, when I did graduate, I asked myself, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I don't get tired of that because I strongly talked about it. It's balanced diet. Right? What am I going to do for the rest of my life? But life gets in the way. and Nutrition is the first thing that goes out of the window. And so a healthy balanced diet, we are thinking about the major food groups. Yeah, when we're thinking about carbohydrates when we ensure that we have whole grains, nice low GI sort of carbohydrates, we are ensuring just not the fiber content and energy aspect, but also the core factors, things like, you know, you're talking about the B vitamins, you're talking about um, things which have gained a lot of popularity, things like CoQ10, you don't need a supplement for that, you need your wholesome diet there. Um, And you're thinking about protein, you're ensuring, you know, your lean protein and you're getting a nice mix of vegetarian sources and non-vegetarian sources, ensuring that, you know, you are meeting some of the requirements, things like, you know, your folate, iron, all that, your core factors can come together when you're ensuring protein like that. You're five to seven a day. Then um, you know, have about fruits and vegetables. gives you all the antioxidants and vitamins, minerals. Um, try to include all colors, your orange, reds, greens, and blues. <laughs> so so you're thinking about different factors yeah, that come into play. Um, good fats as well, I think, are a huge factor when it comes to reproductive hormones.
0: What I'm really hearing, and I think a lot of our listeners are thinking, well... That makes sense, you know, it is follow a good a good healthy diet, balanced, eat a rainbow, you know, all these lovely, lovely things. But what about if I'm doing it and my partner's not doing it? Does it will this impact both? If you know, does the man need to do the same as the woman? Are there slight differences in the diet there with the gender?
1: But there are of course slight differences. Um that what we require when it when you're looking at and I see this a lot. A lot of women tend to take the initiative, but now I'm just being, you know, stereotypical. I'm not. They do take a lot of initiative as women and and try to make those changes. But I'm seeing that trend change a lot more. I'm part part of a lot of andrology clinics as well. And I see men taking up initiative, a lot of same-sex couples as well, where they're both men. And they're both coming for the consultation, so I think I'm seeing the trend change, and I've witnessed it in the past few years. Um, so I think we we need to open up to the idea of having a healthy lifestyle because not only does it impact fertility, it will impact pregnancy, it will impact, you know, the next stages of uh, the first two years of life are so important for that child. So I think family nutrition you're thinking on a very broad, broad spectrum. It's definitely to try and motivate, yeah, the men and women to make Yes, things.
0: because I've also read that, you know, men's... Um... Men's sperm can become more, the motility's better, the quality's better, they can swim faster if the diet's better. So are there any aspects, I guess, one of the easy ways to simplify it for people, you know, be it same-sex couple, heterosexual, whatever the dynamic may be, what should people be avoiding? And we as nutritionists have to take this with a pinch of salt, a balanced diet, everything in moderation. But if you are really having a tough time with your fertility, I'm sure there are some things that probably could maybe come out.
1: Yes, of course. Um, so the big ones would be, you know, lifestyle factors, things like your alcohol. It's, there are a lot of studies which show how much it impacts women, and women are always told when you're planning pregnancy and when you get pregnant to abstain from alcohol. But even from a um, men's health point of view, it does have a huge impact on, like, the DNA um, you know, structure, a lot of men go through these tests called like the DNA fragmentation test. They go through motility tests. And uh, those like the Department of Health recommendation is much higher. We tell them to cut it back to just eight units a week and not to have it at one go, but to split it over three times um, so that they're not having more than, you know, two, units or something at one two or three units max at one sitting Um, smoking recreational drugs excessive I know you will be talking about lifestyle much later I'm sure but yeah exercise being moderate with it is a huge impact as well Um, trying to it's consistency I think in lifestyle which is more important it's Many people try to make this dietary change for a day or two. It's not sustainable and it out it goes. So I think it's making it very, very simple. And I think we have that belief here at Retrition where we try to simplify it and ensure it becomes part of their life. Um, yes, it is quite important.
0: Yeah, we see people all the time in the clinic that... Um... In fact, you said something very interesting there about men and exercise, which we should touch on a little bit, because over-exercising can be just as detrimental as not exercising at all, I believe. So it really is key to
1: strike that happy place. Absolutely. So I think when you're looking at research papers, how much exercise is good, how much is that, we always see like a bell curve. So in simple terms, you know, the improvement in fertility starts coming in when a person starts to exercise. So sedentary lifestyle is not great because it can lead to issues, things like gaining too much weight, insulin resistance, uh, Being exercise is quite a mood bust as well. So your stress hormones having an impact, things like that. Uh, so it has this overall benefit to the whole body. Your hormones starting to align um, beautifully. So, and when you go excessive after you know your moderate exercise, you start seeing a decline as well because it can lead to you know your energy not matching up. So things like your egg count falling low because there is lack of energy. You need to understand that reproduction is a secondary function of the body. First, your body tries to keep you alive with the circulation, digestion, respiration. It wants to keep you alive first. And only when you have that reserve will you, your body consider reproduction. So it does kind of pull back when you're excessively exercising. Um, And a lot of, you know, if a person is doing things like cycling, a lot of heat around uh, the groin area can impact on the sperm quality, their motility, their structure. Um, So considering different forms of exercise as well, where you're not kind of putting all the strain at one segment of your body. So I think there are many factors. It's a minefield, and. We can kind of, it does require a lot of personalised assessment and plan rather than, you know, there are some generalistic things which I think is good for every person to to follow. How I think we hit that sweet note is the easiest way of understanding what's moderate exercise is that when you are exercising... You should be able to talk to the person next to you if you had somebody, but you shouldn't be able to sing. I think you hit that note, but if you are going completely out of breath for very long, then you are doing something a bit more intense, I guess. Uh, Thank you
0: so much for explaining that. And I love the analogy of the bell curve. Oh, it takes me back to my uni days, but something everyone can understand, (laughs) you know, is the fact that men and women can do too much. And we see it in athletes. So we've had a few cases before where, of course, their body fat percentage is so low because they are so lean. They are so fit. They are exercising every single day. And in order to conceive, they literally had to cut it all back completely. And would you agree body fat
1: percentage is a, is a important factor, just as much as sleep? Absolutely. It does have a huge impact. And I think what we need to realize is excessive exercise can can impose certain level of stress on the body as well, and inflammation and um, the stress hormones, things like cortisol, when they go up, it can have a huge impact on the kind of, you know, how the fertility hormones kind of function. It does hamper it hugely as well. And like you said, in athletes, we do see this, they very particular about their body fat percentage, how much they're eating in, in terms of carbs, energy. So a lot of people, when we bring down that energy deficit, when we start including good quality you know, carbs, protein, fat, all their macros, getting back, giving them that rest, stepping back from excessive exercise, you start seeing especially things like when the ovulation is not happening or the menstrual cycle has fallen out. Things like that kind of falling back into place in a few months' time on its own beautifully.
0: No, it's it's, it's good. Small details or big surfaces, tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too. to hear now this is a bit of a trigger warning what I'm about to discuss and we will put this on the show notes in the episode but one in four pregnancies do sadly end in miscarriage and it's devastating there's there's no way there's no way around the subject it is absolutely heartbreaking for people and is there anything obviously we've discussed striking that balance that people can do to prevent this risk or is it just as we've said of trying to do what you can in the lifestyle
1: so One thing I'd like women to understand, and men to understand, it's hard on both, I guess. Um, And and I see it day and day after. It can leave them with very lasting impact and flashbacks and things like that. So it's not a good place to be in. To neutralize is 75% of people who've gone through miscarriage do have a successful pregnancy after. So... there is hope and um, yes there are many factors that can influence it so work alongside with your um, ob-gyn work with your dietitian nutritionist and and um, understand what's causing it is it hormonal issues is it the egg quality implantation is it the um, you know the chromosomal uh, structure of the egg, or the sperm, is, is the thickness of the endometrial lining, is it the menstrual cycle that's impacted? Or, uh, you know, the implantation stage, is that the issue? So, understanding what's going wrong will help decoding a more sensible plan rather than giving you generic advice and start having this much of this nutrient. So, so, that can be a very blind, blinding thing, which I think people go off on that venture, buy every supplement in town, and try to do things very, very drastic at this stage. Not because they are having disordered eating or disordered thinking, but they are parents to be. And yeah. I think parents have that trait. They try their very best Absolutely. for their kids. And it's beautiful to work with these people because they're so motivated to change and, and sustain. And I, I think it's a beautiful cohort to work with. And I'm oh, like Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I do, see, I do see a lot of positives after this.
0: Yeah, that's really reassuring for our listeners because I think supplementation is another area that's very confusing. And I hope for everybody listening – um. Just watch this space, because perhaps retrician and and I have something in the pipeline, but I think there's a lot of confusion around supplements and what to take. And as far as most people are aware, or sadly, most people are not aware, folic acid is very important. Um, Do you want to explain why, and is there anything else?
1: Absolutely. So folic acid has grown to, to its importance, rightly so, because it helps prevent neural tube defects which is a congenital disorder uh that is very preventable by the supplementation it's a b vitamin so it doesn't cause any sort of toxicity at the levels that is advised the 400 micrograms is what's advised for every person when they're planning pregnancy uh in olden days this was almost called the engagement pill they start kind of considering mm. it when they are getting engaged. Wow! Um, now obviously life is not as straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we don't call it that anymore. <laughs> no, no, definitely so, not. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> we see people carrying the babies into the marriages, so it, it's not as straightforward now. But um, yeah. There is growing evidence that folic acid can have an impact on the egg quality as well and on good ovulation as well. So being consistent with it is quite important. So people started. Take one or two, forget about it. I think that's the biggest difficulty when it comes to folic acid or vitamin D or anything that you require on a daily basis. so ensuring that you know they take more than six a week can reduce the risk for ovulatory conditions by forty one percent that's beautiful, and taking less than three a week then they're ovulation risks, the impact that can have on ovulatory infertility reduced by twenty percent. So it still is fine, but this is something which is very easily preventable. So I think I went off a tangent there uh, no, on, on you the know, Kamal, train. It's
0: so important because I don't feel that girls get this in or women and men get this information. It's not just a female's responsibility here. It's for a man also to you know, help all. help your partner
1: remind them, oh, have you taken your folic acid today? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think vitamin D is another one which is quite important, has a huge impact on hormonal balance. Um, so at least in the winter months, when you're not having nice good sunlight to, to ensure 10 micrograms, of vitamin D. Um, if you're somebody like of my color, you, I'm, I'm Indian, so uh, you do not absorb it very efficiently, similar to people from the Afro-Caribbean. So ensuring that you work with your general practitioner, get those tests, understand how much you absorb, and you might be needing a lot more So work with your dietitian or registered nutritionist to understand what your dose should be um, at that stage. And nutrients are extensively researched now. So you're talking about many, many nutrients. For men's health, you're thinking CoQ10, vitamin C, vitamin E, folate, L-carnitine, omega-3, selenium, zinc. Women's health you're thinking about folic acid, vitamin D, omega three, iodine, iron, B twelve, calcium, and think that I like to simplify all this and <laughs> try my very best to get it in the food. Mm-hmm. Get it in your food, your whole grains, you know, your handful of nuts and seeds, your dairy products, lean meat. Vegetarian protein sources, not the overly processed ones, but the lentils, pulses, beans, you know, those sort of things. And um, something as simple as, you know, uh, we call it the Bennett exercise in my assessment. So people come in, say, I've been having this, 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 this supplement We keep a bin next to us, a virtual bin, and we bin most of them because we try to get it in food facts. Yes, yes. And supplementation should only be considered when you're not able to get it through your diet. Absolutely. Food Absolutely. So I think that's the underlying statement. Yes, it's important. Yes, it's quite an integral stage of life. What you're eating before conception is impacting that child 50 years later. So you're definitely, definitely, it's quite an important stage of life to be in your optimal nutrition game
0: because you mentioned um sorry to interject but you mentioned 50 years later and there are is it the barker hypothesis from top of my head or different theories and studies that have shown your children are more likely to develop is it type 2 diabetes when they're older if you i can't remember don't quote me on the literature but i'm sure (laughs) that diet but i also don't want to panic any mums out there during the pregnancy stage, because I know how hard it is to eat well when you're feeling nauseous and you've had a terrible pregnancy in that sense. It's so, very difficult. Yeah.
1: So I understand, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, if you're going through a complex pregnancy, thankfully, there are a lot of dietetic support in the NHS as well that is provided to you. So hopefully they help you meet your targets. if in case you're going through difficulties during pregnancy I think it's the window uh, of before pregnancy that we are still trying to ensure you know even three months up to conception can have a huge impact Uh, the study that you were talking about is around fetal programming and epigenetics so it's it's beautiful how the nutrition status can impact the adult's life um, and the chronic conditions and allergies that can develop much later. So helping parents make those right choices over and under nutrition both can have a detrimental effect. But I think a lot of what we see now, the information that men and women both get is they try to curb back the size of their plate a lot more than what's needed. So sometimes placing those carbs back, getting the smarter version of the carbs or, you know, not under eating, not completely cutting back on certain food groups yeah. would be, I think, the crock's message, yes. Absolutely. Now, we have lots of questions from our
0: listeners. And um, the first one for you, Kamal, is from... Uh, let's do this one on Abby. She said, um, I'm extremely stressed, anxious. I feel fatigued all the time. Does this have a bigger role than I think my stress? Is this going to impact my fertility journey?
1: So being stressed when you're in your fertility journey is normal. And it's understandable. Yeah, it is. It has huge impacts. On, on what you're able to do physically, emotionally, financially, um, dealing with the news and the information can be quite stressful. So please, please do work alongside with your counsellors because most fertility teams do have counselling services. So please do work alongside. It can, I would not be lying to you by saying it won't have an impact. But it's not to a crazy extent where you think you're completely having the, you know, downsides because of it. Take it with a pinch of salt and you are human at the end of the day. Um, If you feel you're excessively stressed and it's impacting what you're able to eat or your ability to exercise, work with that team. Uh, and with your uh, fertility dietitian or registered nutritionist as well to ensure you are getting the supplementation or the food or uh, the support that you need for making the right choices in this stage
0: absolutely thank you so much Kamal I think that's really helpful um it is it yeah it's a it's a roller coaster of emotions I think for so many people now Davina has said, um, if you struggle with infertility, um, you're going down the route of IVF. Um, Does your diet and your weight, so we haven't actually discussed weight, I I hate discussing weight in a way because I know life is so much more and people could be healthier, all shapes and sizes, but does this impact the chances of
1: IVF working? I think it's good that Davina has asked this because it's, a huge question that runs in the background of many people's heads. And and they think about it, almost hesitant to talk about it. And a lot of healthcare professionals as well kind of feel hesitant touching that topic. So I suppose if, if you're looking into fertility guidelines, a lot of trusts tend to ask you to be within the bracket of BMI 19 to 30. But we have a lot of men and women who conceive above that BMI. So I'm not disregarding that it can have an impact. However, if somebody is a BMR of 40, I'm not expecting them to lose 10 points on their BMI scale to even consider reproduction. Even 5 to 7% inching towards what your weight should be can have a huge impact on your insulin resistance, your hormonal balance, your egg production, sperm production, all that we have seen improvement with moderate changes as well. And if in case this is your body's normal and, and it is what is healthy for you, I don't think it's defined by a number. As long as you're having a healthy baseline, a healthy lifestyle, and you're trying to inch towards you know, what your balance should be. Getting an assessment done, your blood sugar levels, thyroid levels, vitamin D levels, getting all that assessed with your team, uh, ensuring that your cholesterol, blood pressure, all that is within range is quite important. And I think when you're working with a professional who's looking into all this, like we do it in our clinic, definitely that we work alongside of the GP or the fertility team can help have some quick wins there. So if in case their thyroid is causing the weight issue, then we can try and get you the right dose of the hormone that might help. If vitamin D is low and that's not allowing you to lose weight, then those are quick wins, very quick wins. And I think when it comes to age and nutrition input, Many people kind of feel in, you know, it's going to be taking years to improve their nutritional status or get their weight down. So they kind of say, why bother? I've seen this a lot. But what you need to realize is even a month of having optimal nutrition can impact and improve your egg quality, and three months of improving diet for men can improve their sperm quality because it does take 72 days for sperm production. so uh, Which is why if you've got a window of three to four months, you can do something about improving your chances
0: there. Thank you, Kamal. I I do think that I know there's... Lots of areas on the internet where people that go through IVF are having these conversations or, you know, there's a fear for consuming certain plastics. There's a fear that I think your whole life can become very consumed and you suddenly feel overwhelmed and where to start and what to do. But like you said, speak to your healthcare team, focus on small steps at a time, but it can make a difference. We're obviously here to discuss diet predominantly and it can make a difference. Um, Thank you so, so much for answering that one the final questions we don't have time for all of them there there were so many I'm just having a look on my phone now there are so many um I guess we've kind of touched on hormones and to be honest that's something you should be discussing with your GP when you get a test if you're looking at fertility I guess with with hormones so let's go to the question from Amber Amber has said uh, my prenatal multivitamin has methylfolate in it but I've seen folic acid is better. How do you know which one to pick? And will this
1: impact my chances of getting pregnant? Okay. So there is a lot of controversy around, you know, methylfolate, And there are some studies which suggest that it's better absorbed. However, even if people have the genetic, um, you know, the gene where the absorption of folic acid is not as efficient, there are studies around, you know, whether it was neural tube defects, which is the bigger one here than with ovulation. Because ovulatory amounts, the amount you need folic acid for, can, you can get quite a bit from your diet as well. So I would still go with extent and the strength, the amount of research done around folic acid would still choose that over methylfolate. It's early days uh, for the studies around methylfolate to be swaying generations worth of research done around folic acid.
0: Thank you, Kamal. And there's a reason on the sideline at Retrition Plus, which is my own company for full disclosure, we had this debate um we went through we went through so much of it i was looking at methylfolate i even produced methylfolate sprays and then went back to folic acid because ethically i did not feel comfortable releasing something with a form that has not had extensive research to the level that folic acid has and right we move on i digress to the fact or fiction round <laughs> are you ready Kamal? This round always worries me. (laughs) You you will sail through and it's all a bit of fun. Um, If you could answer fact (laughs) or fiction to the following. Um, It takes around one year for the average couple to fall pregnant. Fiction. Having a miscarriage increases your chances of infertility. Fiction. Gluten-free diets help with fertility. Not in every case, so fiction. Too much caffeine can cause infertility.
1: Fact to a certain degree, but you can have up to like two hundred mg of caffeine, so that's like two cups of coffee a day. Won't harm. Brilliant. A Mediterranean-style diet is linked to
0: increased fertility.
1: Fact: there are a lot of studies around Mediterranean diet. But that being said, if you're not from that background, it can. The principles can apply in your traditional diet. So it's I love not, uh, that you don't have to eat separately. You don't have to be eat separately from your entire family. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> isoflavones may help with fertility in women receiving fertility treatments such as IVF.
1: Like I said, uh, I would go with fiction um, and fact. It's it's a good antioxidant. But it's not something like uh, go to supplement for every person going through fertility treatment. Get a personalised assessment if you're considering supplements. It'll be a lot cheaper than going down that road. Completely.
0: Zinc is important for testosterone levels in men.
1: Fact. You do need around um, you know 9.5 mg of zinc, but you can get 29.6 mg in any medium oyster. So Ah. go oysters. (laughs) Go oysters. And nuts some seeds,
0: yeah. (laughs) I love that. Oysters. I don't think they're quite the common diet these days, but yeah, have an oyster. (laughs) Um, Having a lower body weight increases your chances of falling pregnant. Totally fiction.
1: uh, Because a lot of people who are of uh, underweight um, spectrum, I get them to gain weight to get pregnant. Exactly. So you have to be of a healthy healthy weight
0: yes i like that answer be be healthy for what works for you um for couples experiencing infertility ivf is the best option
1: there's no one answer fits all no. fiction
0: yoga and mindfulness may help increase fertility
1: any form of exercise mindfulness uh anything that can help you reduce stress if it's a walk in the park or or it's yoga or mindfulness anything can help so you have to find your own ways. Yes,
0: Amazing, Kamal! That's our fact or fiction round. You did
1: it. Thank you. I feel much relaxed now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's done. i get off the fight and flight mode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> let's get our
0: um, let's get our sympathetic nervous system just um, out the way now. Done. Over. So big breath. And that does sadly conclude the episode, Kamal. I'm I'm devastated to have to say it's the end of food for thought this time. But we do finish with a take home yeah. message. And I think we touched on caffeine there very quickly in the uh, fact or fiction round. And I just think it's so important um, to note that if you are in a journey right now where you are struggling or there's no harm in you know reducing caffeine and following these Mediterranean diet ideas and you know exercise all that sort of thing, but please don't just turn to a Google rabbit hole because sometimes I think that can induce perhaps more stress if you are in a position where you're struggling, please reach out to your g p who may be able to refer you to other services and equally of course we've got people like Kamal in our in our clinic here, but my ultimate take home, you know, it's funny, I wrote down a few points that I wanted to say, but I feel like I've almost changed everything I want to conclude with um, today. But ultimately, we're unique. And from talking to Kamal, I find it fascinating. You're such a fountain of knowledge. And, you know, I was blown away by some of those facts there, particularly about men throughout the episode that that I didn't know. And it's so important. It's a 50-50 journey. So I'll let you give us a, a better take home food for thought today. Yep.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'll I'll repeat myself. Men might be from Mars or women from and women from <laughs> Venus, pun intended. Uh, but it does take two to tango, and the first thousand days are known as like the golden days. It does impact a child's life a lot more. So I know sometimes people get swayed away by the immediate aspect of trying to get pregnant, but look at the bigger picture, invest in yourself. You are worth it and that child's worth it. So invest in the good nutrition, good lifestyle, first thousand days of life from conception till two years of that baby's step. It makes a massive difference on the, what you are starting as the foundation of life. So wishing you the best and there's lots we can do. <laughs>
0: there is. It's all very positive
1: in the grand schemes. Thank you for coming on Food for Thought. Thank you so much Rhiannon It's my pleasure and and I'm so glad that you're getting this message out to the world. Thank you.
0: If you're enjoying Food for Thought, hope so, (laughs) you'll love the upcoming episodes. So if you don't already, please subscribe. Make sure that you click to be the first to hear it each Monday. There's a lot of podcasts out there now and I really hope that we're maintaining the ultimate research and the ultimate guests to make sure that you're getting the best experience possible. So if you're having a good time and you're learning lots, please do leave a review if you can so we can reach those higher highs in the charts and ultimately get to reach more people that's what it's all about and for more information about my best- Selling books, the science of nutrition, of course, deliciously healthy pregnancy, the Retrition Clinic, recipes, so much more. Just head over to Retrition.com and follow me at Retrition on all social media platforms Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and
1: YouTube.